0: Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack?
1: We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the earth.
0: And we're here to save it, one podcast at a time.
2: not like them sam i am i do not like green eggs and ham but do you know what he does like sam us that's right we're back and frankly i'd take us over green eggs and ham any day
3: uh, i agree wholeheartedly
2: good good listening friends we are glad you are back with us for yet another week as always he is jack i'm netta and we are here to save the world
0: that we good are
2: heaven. Good heavens. Yeah.
3: It's a lot of saving to do. A lot it of is. saving.
2: It's a never-ending task. Yeah. But we are mm-hmm. we are mostly up for it in between bouts of illness and old age. So, yes. yes. Having said that, <laughs> how are you doing today?
0: I am. I am doing just just great. I my energy levels are finally starting to get back to normal. Which you know, don't get me wrong. My normal energy level is about fifty percent of the rest of the world, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm almost there. Mm-hmm. So that's good. The my brain is starting to work right again. And so today was a pretty good day. Oh, that's good. And how was your day today?
2: Oh, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I can't complain. I can't complain. No snowstorms, which is a wonder, because. I want to say this time last year, we had at least two or three already, back to back. So it's going pretty good. I'm good with that. Everybody's good. Everybody's good. So That's good. We're chugging them on.
3: That's all we can ask for.
2: Yeah, try to stay out of the way. Not stay out of the way. Just uh, protect my peace by not indulging in uh, craptastic news. Unfortunately, it'll happen anyway, so.
0: Oh, that seems so <laughs> shocking that that would occur. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
2: Amazing.
0: Yeah. I mean, this, you know, everything's just, you know, 2023 is just, we're like living in the 1996 Toyota Corolla world. Just, it's just there steady. Nothing crazy's happening at all. At all. Just, you know. Oh, no, wait a minute. That's not happening.
3: <laughs> I'll pick it up for that. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Well, do you have your uh mm. your WTF uh of the week?
2: I do. I do. It's a little bit a little bit different from my usual, but I think it's interesting nonetheless. So, <sighs> the doomsday clock. Mhm was recently set at 90 seconds until midnight. Listen, friends, if you're wondering what the hell is a doomsday clock, it's, it was created 76 years ago to mark how close humanity is to extinction. Setting the clock to 90 seconds until midnight is the closest that has ever been, according to the Bulletin of the Atomic Scientist, who, as I mentioned, created the clock back in 1947. Midnight represents the moment at which we will have made Earth uninhabitable for humanity. From 2020 to 2022, the clock was set at 100 seconds to midnight. So, can we take a guess at some of the things that are bringing us closer to extinction?
0: Uh, perhaps uh someone you know named Vlad Putin, maybe.
3: There's that.
0: Uh, hmm. I just can't. I mean, maybe giving all those weapons to Ukraine that Russia didn't want them to receive, you know, like mm-hmm. tanks and whatnot. Mm-hmm.
2: That was actually one of the bigger factors in deciding to move the clock up 10 seconds was Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. Other Rush I mean, other issues include the climate crisis, which doesn't really exist, as well as, quote, the breakdown of norms and institutions needed to reduce risks associated with biological threats like COVID-19. Is there any any surprise in any of that?
0: I know. And apparently this new uh, uh, variant, which I believe is the one that I had, is just crazy infectious. So, you know, there's that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, you know, we should always strive for improvement, and shaving off 10 seconds is, oh, no. Damn it, I keep getting Mm. things backwards.
2: Yeah, this is not Usain Bolt. This is the Doomsday (laughs) Clock. We want to add seconds. Not cut.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. We want it to look more like me racing against Usain Bolt. (laughs) Maybe in the direction we want, not Usain Bolt.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. But what the Dubois Clock is supposed to represent is to spark conversations about the kinds of actions that we can take collectively as uh, humans to extend our existence and the habitability of this here Earth. Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure those conversations are happening somewhere. But not on the large scale basis that they need to and that's what that's what people like this particular um group of folks is trying to get to. We shall see. I kinda I kinda like the idea that they still hold out hope that we won't ever get to midnight.
0: <clears throat> right?
2: We shall see. But <laughs> so that's my WTF for today.
0: Can you imagine like Russia or North Korea launches a nuke and in- one of the guys that's on that thing he like his final thought is got to update the clock to 0 <laughs>
3: <laughs> done
0: oh my <laughs> oh my yeah. anyway you bet that's that's interesting i hadn't seen that they had moved that that's that's interesting
2: mm-hmm. yeah and i'm i'm surprised that you know between 2020 and 2022 it was at hundred seconds. I'm like it took us two years to move ten seconds. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm sure there's a long a long uh uh standard operating procedure that they follow in determining what type of events, you know Yeah equal equal X amount of time. But I'd be curious to know how they sit and figure those things out.
3: Hmm.
0: Oh, yeah, that what? would be interesting.
2: Mm hmm. That would be a very, very Probably a little disconcerting but interesting. So
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
2: (laughs) But there's mine. So what have you got for today?
0: Okay. Well, if anybody knows me, you know that one of my all time favorite bands is Pink Floyd. And the the band just came out with a special fiftieth anniversary release of Dark Side of the Moon. Now, if you've ever seen the album cover for Dark Side of the Moon, it is kind of iconic. It, But it's actually somewhat simplistic in what it is. So you have a beam of light going into a triangle, i.e. a prism, and then a rainbow coming out the other side of the triangle, because you know, that's how prisms work. hmm So they made a special album cover for the 50th anniversary that's the triangle, and then it has 50 over the triangle. It doesn't have the beam of light. But inside the, uh, inside the zero and the 50, they took the rainbow from the prison and they just turned it to where instead of going, uh, right to left, now it's going up and down and they stuck that on the inside of the zero of the 50.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And our good, our good friends that are MAGA. You bet. Went ape crap over this because Apparently, they were shocked that Pink Floyd had gone woke. Well, first of all, the rainbow in there does not represent LGBTQ, like they're saying. It's a take on the original album artwork, number one. So let's just start off and get that out of the way. Number two, can you tell me you are not a Pink Floyd fan without telling me you are not a Pink Floyd fan? Because Roger Waters, the primary... Writer of all the lyrics for Pink Floyd, is a leftist. Like hmm. like extremely a leftist. Have you listened to the CD animals? Or the the album animals? Perhaps not, least popular of them, but I'm gonna say hmm. that the wall probably is more leaning on, you know, left viewpoints. Couple songs in Dark Side of the Moon. Did you really think that the song Money that's talking about how evil money is, is in favor of capitalism? There's several songs about the capitalistic record industry and wish you were here. The final cut is an ant, is an album that's anti the Falkland Wars with England that took place in 1983. Mm-hmm. And that's not even including his solo stuff. I saw Roger Waters perform The Wall live in concert. The entire thing has on there all these corporations that suck and how they suck. Pink Floyd went woke in like 1968. <laughs> oh, I mean,
3: man. Using
0: the actual incorrect terminology of what woke means, because they've changed what it means, which, I, you know, can, but Can still. I interject? She, since, yeah, go ahead.
2: Since you brought that up, let's back up to the 1950s and 60s-ish, when the term woke was introduced in the black community. Why? Because it was a term used amongst black folks to be aware. Be aware of your surroundings and the conditions. In other words, read the room. You know, stay right. woke, stay woke, give him the power fist. That's where it comes from. Yeah. And it actually, you know, entered the public zeitgeist probably out 2020, right around the time that George Floyd was murdered. It entered the public sphere, um, mostly through use within uh, Black Lives Matter. And then it entered the bigger picture and then it was the term was twisted on its head. And it was kind of slurred out in a way. To Yeah. <laughs> to sit up here and in, um uh patronize and insult people that were, oh, I don't know, grown ups. Right, right here down to it. And so-
0: ironically enough, the way they use it the way they use woke and not being woke. The opposite of that would be asleep, right? Uh-huh. The way they bastardized it. Uh-huh. So how is being awake to things happening in the world the bad thing? You're basically saying you willfully do not want to see the bad in the world by staying asleep, according to their definition.
2: I think it's more like they're trying to use it to um insult people, basically. And insult- that too insult people that don't think quote unquote conservatively and what that even means nowadays who freaking knows because it's the conservative the conservative set is so splintered nowadays because people can be socially conservative but politically moderate who knows anymore right It's very it's very strange how how people define conservative and what what exactly that's supposed to mean but in the case of the people that use that term derogatively, they mean the other half, these these uh, hippie, weed-spoken liberals.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, a, I know. Get a
2: haircut and get a real job.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, um, uh, though, before we move on real quick, though, mm. even after Roger Waters left, Pink Floyd mm. had songs that you would call... I guess, you know, that are leftists. Of the turning away is about how shittily we treat homeless people. Hmm. Came out after Roger Waters left. It's on the album Momentary Lapse of Reason. The Division Bell also has some, uh, songs that are similar like that. And there's another one on, uh, The Dogs of War on Momentary Lapse of Reason. Did That's all leftist shit. Did
2: those come out after Vietnam? Uh, yeah. Oh. That would make sense then. the song about the homeless because, unfortunately, a lot of vets were left uh, homeless. Yeah, um, Vietnam.
0: <laughs> Momentary lapse of reason, I believe, came out in 1987, perhaps 88. I could be off just a smidge. Mm. And the Division Bell came out in uh, 1992. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah, I just. Uh, the funny thing is there's been news stories bitching about the MAGA people and then there I there was another news story that said Pink Floyd fans are shocked that people are just now finding out that Pink Floyd left leftists.
2: <laughs> they're they're liberal hippies guys. Literally. They've been that way the entire time. I am not a Pink Floyd fan. I I did listen, um to your recommendation, Jack. Oh uh, to um
3: which Were here. here. Yeah.
2: That was really good. That was that was something I I never experienced before. Um, and then I've heard you know other songs here and there, but I'm like, there's no way you can mistake them for being anything but hippie liberals. Come on,
0: yeah, come on, yep. <laughs> man. Just imagine what's going to happen when those people find out about Rage Against the Machine.
2: Wait till they find out about Willie Nelson,
0: right?
3: Wow, <laughs> I know.
2: What's hi- What's higher, inflation or Willie Nelson? Come on, no disrespect to Willie Nelson. I don't know. They might be neck and neck. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. No disrespect to Willie Nelson. No.
0: <laughs> nope, none whatsoever.
2: <laughs> or Snoop.
0: So definitely not in that area. <laughs> either
2: basically, but uh, there we are. I don't know how. Yep. I don't know how anybody could have missed that about King Floyd. For heaven's sake. Uh, yeah. I, I, uh, so many times in these, these days, I am at a loss for words. It's one of those times again.
0: (laughs) Yep. Yeah. 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 And strangely enough, though, the, you were talking about conservatives. Mm. That kind of ties into what we were uh, wanting to talk about uh, today.
2: Indeed, indeed.
0: Because they're the very same people
2: (laughs) we're about to talk about. (laughs) I mean, basically, (laughs) they probably wear better suits, but that's about it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Does anybody recall? uh, I can't even think of the time frame though. When uh, President Biden went and made the speech that they were all mad about because it had you know red, white, and blue lights in the background, in conservatives, Republicans, all got mad because he called them semi-fascist. semi Which, maybe they were mad because he didn't call them full-on fascist. But um, that ties in with what we're about to talk about. Because if you don't want to be called fascist, maybe you shouldn't do the 12 things on this list that we're about to talk about.
2: (laughs) If it walks like a duck. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: So we are going to talk about the early warning signs of fascism and the things that lead up to it, sort of the steps that are taken. And it's sort of uh eerie on how much it describes the Republican Party at the moment. So uh, I will go ahead. Number one of the early warning signs of fascism is powerful and continuing nationalism. Now, I don't think, say, you know, putting your American flag out on 4th of July holidays, whatever, even having your flag out all the time, that is not what sort of qualifies about this. But, you know, the driving around with your truck and having one side of it be American flags and the other side of it be Trump flags and, you know, even Confederate flags in there, which is weird. You know, that type of stuff is a sign of nationalism you know, the powerful and continuing nationalism that they use, getting mad if somebody won't stand up for the uh, national anthem at a sporting event. All of that stuff ties into this first one. They're just, um, this one's a little harder to kind of like go and find, like say a news story or something, but we've all seen people that are like this. And when you see somebody, you know, walking around with the, uh you know, my two A rights are more important than yours and, you know, they're walking around with bulletproof vests and helmets and masks and everything. That's all ties into this powerful and continuing nationalism of number one.
3: Mm-hmm. hmm
2: USA is the best. Go, America.
0: <laughs> right. So, yeah, that's just, you know, yeah, you, you, It's one of those, you, you know, it when you see it type things, <laughs> you know?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, sure. Sure. I, I know I am. Nowhere have we seen it on display more thoroughly than, you know, the last six, seven years. And yeah. A lot of people get it wrong, namely with, like you mentioned, the Confederate flag. And we've discussed how wrong that is or how wrong of a representation that is. But yeah, we've seen it. We've seen it so flying so, so fast and furious and thick, you know, the last half decade or so. Yeah. It's, it's,
0: well, I mean, it's hell, a, we grew up on. Thing. Yeah, we grew up on Air Force bases, right? Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. military brats that lived on military bases. Theoretically speaking, that should be one of the more patriotic places in the United States, right? Everyone there has given their lives to the service of the country. And there were hardly ever American flags flying <laughs> on base, remember? I mean, you just hardly ever saw them. I, they would,
2: they would generally be on, you know, the, the, the quote unquote work side of the base. Yeah. Resi- you know, residential be on one side and then, you know, all the yeah, other but, business parts of it be on the other side.
0: You don't drive through military housing and every single house has an American flag hanging on it.
2: Maybe, maybe, maybe Three. one out of every four or five. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe. It, so, you know, just by the way, Kenyatta and I, both know a thing or two about patriotism because we grew up in it. <laughs> Doggone it. <laughs> but yeah.
3: You better believe it.
0: Yeah. <sighs> I, I've actually often said that in terms of uh, military service, a lot of times uh the spouses and the children kind of get left out of that because you, in a sense, are also serving your country when you're the kid of a service member. Because at any moment, dad's going TDY or mom, you know, mm-hmm. getting deployed somewhere. So, you know, this isn't like Kenyatta and I just dogging on people that, you know, love their country and will serve it. We grew up in it.
2: (laughs) No, it's just the way that some people choose to represent it. It's, 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 it's almost, it's reached like a fever pitch. Yeah. So it's so illogical and out of bounds far too often. So, yeah, this isn't us dogging, you know, those who are patriotic. Or this country, obviously, by any means whatsoever. It's just, it's just the ugly way that it's been put on display that's disturbing.
0: Yeah. Yep.
3: Hmm. Yep. Yep.
0: So I guess I'll move on to number two. And that is a disdain for human rights. (laughs) Um, two incredibly, incredibly obvious, easy to point out, are Governor Abbott and DeSantis taking migrants, whatever you want to, you know, people that are here in the U.S. and shipping them to other cities and towns to prove a point. I don't know what that point is, but that is actually human trafficking that they're doing. And to do that to somebody who, and not even giving a crap or caring about what it took to make that long journey to come to this country, to seek asylum, to better their life and their family's life and then to human traffic them like that to somewhere, drop them off when it's wintertime with no coats, you know, no food. That is a disdain for human rights. Um, You know, there, there's a couple other things I could tie into this, but they're sort of tied into something a little later down the road. I'm sure you can think of some examples as well, now that I've put you on the spot.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I can, but... I guess, I guess a lot of these points kind of are interrelated. I think, I would think. Um, the other yeah. one off the, the other one off the top of my head, and cause it will always be at the, at the top of my list of priorities, the things to address is uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Right. And, um, the kind of control that, uh, conservatives seek to have over someone else's body, basically. I, yeah. I can't. I can't get past how blatant, how blatantly that was done. And one of the other, one of the later points that we'll talk about, I'll come back to this, but that is for me, one of the most obvious ways that you violate someone's rights. And the kicker is that anti-abortionists insist that having the option to abortion violates the fetus's rights. The question has always been, you know, there's a, there's a litany of questions about the validity of when personhood is attained, I guess you could say. Right. And I don't want I don't necessarily want to get into that, but they have tried to always put the rights of a human being that has yet to show up over the rights of the human being carrying that fetus. It's a mind blower, but they insist upon it. And I just, you're not ever going to get me. It's not, it's not, it's not like I don't see their side of it. I don't understand their insistence of placing their their beliefs over everyone else's especially when everyone mm-hmm. else's beliefs has absolutely nothing to do with what they believe. Right. Hmm.
0: Yeah, so. treatment of prisoners is another uh mm-hmm. thing that could fall under disdain for human rights because uh, the American prison system well, not the worst in the world is definitely flawed.
2: The the system itself, the rules and regulations they have And just the physical conditions
0: themselves.
3: Mm. My
0: God. Woo. Yep. So anyway, Mm. that's the first two in this country. is already checked off both of those boxes. Mm. (laughs) For a certain party, I should say. Number three, identification of enemies as a unifying cause. Now, a lot of times when people hear enemy, they might think, you know, like a military enemy or something like that. Uh, In this case, with conservatives, the enemy are, you know, the libs, the Hollywood elites, Muslims, Jews, atheists. Basically, anybody that's not an evangelical Christian or in MAGA is an enemy of theirs. You know, gotta own the libs, gotta own the libs. So you end up with somebody like uh, Lion Ted. (laughs) (laughs) Who in the same interview talks about how stealing over, what is it, a thousand documents that are classified isn't a big deal. That Mike Pence having classified documents in his house isn't a big deal. But Biden needs to be criminally charged immediately for having some classified documents at his house.
2: My thing about that, if I might, is that each one of them is something they weren't supposed to do. They were in possession of class- classified documents. True. Um and the intent doesn't matter. Right. Whether or not whether or not they were taken deliberately or by accident doesn't matter. What I think should matter
0: is how they handled it afterwards?
2: Correct. The fact that Biden and I was not Biden and um Pence kind of voluntarily said, here, we found these." Your boy Trump did not. He denied and deflected and delayed for a and, year in channel. And moved. And moved and said, No, I ain't got him. Oh look, look what I found.
0: Oh, there's a subpoena. I don't have to answer this.
2: And then they kicked his door and oh, oh look, oh and then he kept denying it. He kept denying that they yeah. were taken. Instead they were planted to frame him. I think those kinds of things could be should be considered when you're talking about how to handle the possession of classified documents. The intent, no, it doesn't matter. But whether or no. not it was, whether or not the parties involved cooperated or lied about having them, eh, you can't tell me that should yeah. make a difference. And but okay.
0: Yeah. I don't want to seem all conspiracy theorist, mm-hmm. but if after the investigations into Biden and Pence comes out, that... Uh, say, for example, with Biden, any document that would have been in his possession after 2016 would have had to have been planted there, right? Because he wouldn't have had access to anything to have taken home. Uh-huh. I, once again, I don't want to sound conspiracy theorist. I'm just saying that if it eventually comes out that somebody from the Trump team planted these documents in the Biden and Pitt situation, I would not be surprised one bit.
2: That would be an interesting time event.
0: Because if somebody would do it, it would be Trump, and he had enough. He had enough documents that he could easily have, you know, go and do something like that. Once again, I'm not saying he did that. I'm not claiming that he did that. I'm just saying if that is what comes out eventually, I will not be surprised. <laughs> but
2: I, I think it's going to turn out to be. I don't think he's going to have any documents in that time frame. But I think they're going to find out that what he had make. Even though classified wasn't enough to, you know, right, put the United States at, at at uh in some kind of defenseless position. I don't think it'll be anything that serious. You know what I mean? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: But it's right. just it's it's just the the screaming rhetoric from the other side saying he needs to be punished too. Right? Can the, the Democrats just pop up just like Trump and his supporters are doing? Just call a winch hunt. Can we just do that?
3: Yeah. Let's
0: see
2: how that works out.
0: Hmm. I I do think it'd be funny, though, if Biden in his speech said, oh, no, it's it's cool. I thought about it. Declassified in there, him.
2: Declassified him. Matter of fact, I have I have Barry on the other line, and he also, too, declassified him. So it's all good.
0: Yep, yep, <clears throat> yep. <laughs> but anyway, way. sort of back to the main point, though. <laughs> the identification of enemies from conservative and Christian uh, evangelicals they don't just view like a Democrat as somebody with, say, a different philosophy on taxes or policy. No. All you gotta just go on YouTube and put in, you know, preachers calling Demo- Democrats demon possessed and evil. Lizards. <laughs> right. You don't just call somebody that you have policy issues with evil like that. Now, no. when I do hear Dem Democrats or liberal, you know, referring to the Republican Party is a bunch of fascists, that's because they meet these twelve things
2: <laughs> and so go through them you'll find out
0: but hmm. I mean, there are literally preachers that have said you you cannot be accepted into heaven if you are a registered Democrat.
2: <laughs> somehow, we're supposed to believe that's just a matter of difference on you know economic policy, no right <laughs> yeah, no
0: and but okay. You- you know, one go back and look at what happened in in Germany in the nineteen thirties. Political enemies, you know, they weren't just political opponents; they were political enemies. Everyone that they went against, they made absolute evil. And well, just this just this week, Trump was on uh, some radio program, sitting there talking about how we live in the most evil times ever. Things the world has just never been this evil. First of all. Even worldwide, I think we're all pretty much better than World War Two, World War One. I. I don't know. Maybe slavery was probably a little more evil than people wanting universal health care.
3: Yeah,
2: i i would I would I would tend to agree with that. <laughs> I'm,
0: I'm just, you know, just just just, just saying. Bit, just spitball, you know. Yeah the the Mongolians, you know, wiped out ten percent of the world's population. That was probably a little more evil. hmm
2: I would say so. I would say so. So so, let's see, what are we on? Yeah, number four. Four,
0: okay. Yeah, number four. This one's got some doozies in it. Number four, rampant sexism. Ooh! Yeah. Hmm. Let's see. Just just in the last two weeks, the Missouri State Legislature passed rules that Um the ladies. That are in office have to have their arms covered and they have to have a second layer of clothing on to cover everything meanwhile some of the guys that were voting on these rule packages were wearing short sleeve shirts Ah, uh, you know and
2: once, and once again when the proponents of that particular law was another woman not surprising in any way whatsoever because we we know about these women who align themselves with so-called men of power in the hope that they will be protected. No. Because when push comes to shove, they'll get thrown under the bus, just like anybody else who is in a straight right white male.
0: Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I can't think of what state it is. Maybe it's either Indiana or Ohio. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but there is somebody that has put a bill into a committee, hasn't made it out. Committee, it's the way legislators work. Everything starts out in committee, doesn't mean it'll happen. Um, this dude wants to pass a bill that any of our lady friends that are leaving the state, that they can be stopped and checked to see if they are going to another state to get, receive an abortion. And if they are, they can be detained from leaving the state.
2: No, you may not.
0: Not only is that sexist, <laughs> that is like fascist communist, you know. <laughs>
2: That's, that's literally saying, where are your papers?
0: Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Why, why are you going to Illinois? My aunt lives there. What's your name? What's your address? Are you pregnant? We're going to have to give you a pregnancy test. The hell you said?
2: Yeah. I wish somebody would. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Why are you going to Illinois to mind my damn business? Just like I'm doing now. I wish. Ooh. Oh, and, and mind you, when I say that's like asking for papers, I'm not just talking about, you know, here in America where black people were questioned as to whether or not they were free. I'm talking about European countries during communist times. Papers. do You have your papers. Yeah. Are you supposed to be here? Do you work here? Do you live here? It, it was all sorts of things that you had to have verification of to prove that you were going to where you belong or you were coming from where you belonged or you had a reason to go here or a reason to do this, blah, 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 yak, yak, yak. Papers. It's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, And that doesn't even include stuff like dress codes at, you know, in schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, M got in trouble because she made a bunch of flyers pointing out that it was and taped them all throughout the school. Um, she got suspended for three days, mm-hmm. basically pointing out that, uh, that if she wore a tank top, she would have to go home and change. But if a boy wears a tank top, nothing happens. Mm-hmm. And so she made the, her and her friend made these flyers that they taped throughout the school talking about how that's sexist and stupid and a double standard and bull crap. And their point was, well, that could arouse, um, these teen boys. And Emily was like, well, maybe there are girls that are attracted to the shoulders of men. Have you ever stopped and thought about that? Maybe they're oh. distracting us. Hello?
2: I'm here to attest to that. Have you seen Dwight Howard? Hello? that yeah, Dwight is- Howard
0: does have his yes. shoulders are freakishly amazing.
2: Oh my gosh. But they were like <laughs> basketballs
0: on top of his arms.
2: Thank they- you. <laughs> he is literally shaped like a cardboard box. It is amazing. You can hang clothes on his shoulders.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <The> I, <point. laughs> I, His shoulders may actually be bulletproof because the musculature in that is so thick and amazing that they may actually, bullets might bounce off of them. Anyway.
2: Correct. And Dwight Howard, if you happen to be listening. Anyway, the point is.
0: is single and she would like. No.
2: <laughs> I don't think he is single, so I don't, I don't do that.
0: He's willing to. Anyway. <laughs> But yeah, so you know, and that's those are just like easy off the top of our head. Oh yeah, examples of rampant sexism. Just just right off the top.
2: It's just like literally giving your you're, you're basically um, oppressing an already victimized person even further. You're saying, yep. well, instead of us trying to talk to the people that have these ear these uncontrollable urges, we're going to just tell you to stop tempting them. How much sense does that make? We're just going to go ahead and let them continue to do what they want to do, but you need to stop tempting them because if something happens, it's your fault.
0: Yep. 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 So I'm going to move on to number five. Mm -hmm. Um, Number five out of all of these is probably the one that is the least of all of these, but it's still not a hundred percent. And that is controlled mass media. Mm-hmm. Um, really all the sort of conservative Republicans have is OAN, Newsmax, Fox, and then, you know, all those weird sort of pseudo type stuff. They don't control everything. And generally speaking, in this type of situation, that would be most newspapers, most TV stations, they aren't there yet. Not that they aren't trying.
2: <laughs> I mean, you, and while, while the ones you mentioned definitely are, Conservative leading, you do have some that are more and more liberal leading. I right. So, it's right. like you said, it's not complete control, but you can see which ones are leading further and further to extremes, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. It's, discon- it's disconcerting because you're not getting factual, actual news sometimes. You're just right. getting sharply biased opinions. And that's, yeah. we don't need that right now. We yeah. We information.
0: Yeah, and anything after the twenty twenty election will show you too that Fox is completely in on it because um Hannity and Laura uh Ingraham they were involved on all of that crap. They're co conspirators with the Trump administration on trying to lie and steal the you know, the election and all of that. Mm-hmm. Fox is in there a little deeper, but OAN and Newsmax are completely in there. Breitbart, the Blaze, all of those. So Yeah. I would say that one is the least. And then uh, moving on to number six is an obsession with national security. (laughs) And um, according to uh, uh, this website I found, it's called Watson Brown. I think it's a university because it's a .edu. And so April 4th of last year, the proposed uh, presidential budget request, this was just you know, last year, Congress actually ended up giving them more money. Um, so the budget for uh was $773 billion for the military. That's $177 billion for the Army, $194 billion for the Air Force and Space Force, and $230 billion for the Navy and the Marine Corps, which was up 4.1%. But that does not include... Homeland security—that does not include well, you know. Homeland security is the border patrol, um, ATF. What else is in the homeland Here?
3: security?
0: But anyway, TSA, we spend right? yeah, we spend a ton of money on you know national security, and the preoccupation with the southern border is a part of. Part of that is a national security issue, not just they don't like, uh, people with, uh, slightly browner skin than they have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so that is, you know, definitely a, a part of it in, you know, that doesn't even include stuff like a lot of the digital records they have. There is a massive, massive, massive building that uh, it was authorized in the Bush administration, completed during the Obama administration. I mean, this building is like a shopping mall sized building and it is just full of servers that has just data. And that is considered part of national security. You cannot find out of who the data is on, <laughs> but it is a national cons- uh, security endeavor.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, but yeah, definitely um the concern for national security is a hallmark of uh, the republican party and has yeah. been for many many years and that's even before 911 so has anyone ever stopped and thought about how amazing it is that 911 happened and what was it 15 days later the patriot act was ready to be voted on a bill that had like what is it 5000 5, pages and that's I don't even think Stephen King could write something with 5,000 pages in, I mean, in 15 he days.
2: Be, he used to be, you know, when he was still high. That's another story.
0: Um, <laughs> but anyway, that is, uh, that is definitely, uh, something with our, uh, the Republicans in this country. <laughs> mm-hmm. and Kenyatta well, now, is uh, going to take over, uh, with number seven.
2: Number seven, religion and government entwined. And then looking at the list, the first thing that came to mind is Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. Yep. And I did mention that we were going to come back to that. It's going this is going to stick in my craw for a very long time, listening friends. So you just get used to hearing about it sprinkled in conversations here because it's going to be here. But the overturning of Roe v. Wade is a prime example of how religion and government are intertwined in ways that they should not be. Because even though Supreme Court will say different in their 1,600-page decision that they they trotted out and dumped on our collective doorstep like doggy do, they'll say it's because the 14th Amendment does not expressly spell out protections for women at the federal level. They won't say that a lot of this was pressure from conservative Christians. We're not going to even lie. The conservative Christian sect, in varying forms over the last 50 years, And I should say that the 50-year anniversary of Roe v. Wade just occurred a few days ago on the 22nd of January. But conservative Christians have been on a crusade since it was put into effect in 1973 to overturn it. And like the pictures that came out the day that the Supreme Court announced its official ruling on that particular case, that's all you saw were pictures of anti-abortionists crying in joy we won like they're literally saying we won in a way they did because very quietly or not quietly, but behind the scenes, they kept pushing and kept pushing and kept pushing the right people, the right buttons until they got a case in front of the court and all the stars aligned and they got their way. Yep. This is a prime example where religion, religion and religious beliefs, are being sprinkled where they do not belong.
0: Yeah. Yep. For sure. And that includes, there are multiple, multiple cases throughout the U S you know, where city councils will meet and they will open up with prayer. And then they were sued that, Hey, this is against separation of church and state. So what has happened is then it has become a situation where then you can apply. So a Muslim can come and pray, uh, Someone who's Jewish, someone who's Hindu, Buddhist, an atheist can come up and just say, hey, hope everything works out swell. What tends to happen at these city council meetings that this happens at, though, inevitably the Muslim or the Buddhist or the atheist will get up and they will say their prayer, their words, whatever they're going to say. And then some member of the city council will then say something along the lines of, Well, those were beautiful words. I really feel that we now need to, uh, all join together in prayer. And they just start praying right before everything happens. That is another situation where you are intertwining government with religion.
2: Uh huh. Uh huh. There there should be no, there shouldn't be no, um, there shouldn't be an effort made to try to elevate one person's religion above another, especially when we're talking. Right. Or when it's when it's being involved in matters of public discourse. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Councils. Okay. Have a moment of silence or, or say something that has zip zero to do with anybody's religion. But the fact that you're saying, Oh, that's nice. What you just said. Now let's do a real prayer. That's bullshit. And yeah. it doesn't belong. Yeah. It doesn't belong there. That's not what, but, but when you say that, that prayer doesn't belong in those type of scenarios, the conservative Christian set will come back and say, This is just an attack on Christianity And that's right. the way they always twist it. And in that way they kinda keep getting their way. Yep. into being able to bring it into any situation that they want to, if they insist that they're always being attacked if they're not able to.
0: Right. It's like the whole we need to bring prayer back to school. They got mm. rid of prayer in school. No, they didn't. There's a difference between a teacher or the school starting the day out with a prayer because then since education is publicly funded versus if I you're about to take a math test and you didn't study for it <laughs> they can't stop you from praying before the test because that's you doing your own thing uh-huh. but when the teacher of the school does it then it is endorsing whatever the religion that they are it would be it, to me it doesn't matter if it once again is a Jewish person, a Muslim, a Christian, a Hindu, praying to whatever, you know, you pray to someone who practices Zoroastrianism. The school, the teacher should not do it because mm-hmm. that is an endorsement. But if the student before the test wants to pray to, you know, Uhura Mazda of the Zoroastrian God, by all means pray to that dude and hope that he helps you on your test. No one's going to stop the student from doing that. Prayer never left. It's just. The official capacity of people to pray that was sort of changed.
2: And it it should have been. Yeah. And it absolutely should have been. But there's, those are some fine examples of, of them being cohorts where they absolutely should not be.
0: Yep. Yep. Exactly.
2: Number eight. Corporate power protected. A fine example of this is back in 2017. When former President Dumpty Dump and his cohorts in Congress passed the Tax Cut and Jobs Act, where they slashed the corporate tax rate from thirty five percent to twenty one, insisting to the American people that corporations paying less tax will benefit you in the long run. No it hasn't.
0: Yeah. All they've done is stock buybacks.
2: Trick or down economics has been a thing since Reagan. Has it ever really helped the middle class and the lower class? Yeah. Mm, no. But that's, yeah. that's what Republicans keep wanting to feed you, president after president, time after time.
0: Yeah. And actually, if you think about it, trickle is a small, slight flow mm-hmm. <laughs> of something, right? Mm-hmm. So even that kind of implies that it's not really going to be, you know, if it does work, it's not going to be much anyway. Mm. You know, I would much rather, I don't know, Niagara Falls economics. You would think. I mean, that's a, that's going down to the, you know, people at the bottom, not a trickle.
2: It's more like when you have thunderstorms and the clouds are way up there. But by the time... And they let loose the rain. All oh, the rain's evaporated before it even gets to anywhere close to people. That's what this is. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Look at those thunder no. boomers. You hear the thunder and you see the light. It's going to be a big one. Not a drop. Gets nothing. So there's a whole lot of sturm and draw. A whole lot of noise being made about this is going to benefit everybody. And regular John and Jane q Publix, us. See very little of this. Shut the hell up. This has yep. never worked. It has not worked in the way they keep saying it has. The yep. only thing that has worked in these last few years is we are seeing low unemployment. We are seeing jobs being created. We are seeing the economy bounce back. At, you know, with the exception of inflation, mm-hmm. but we are seeing other things being improved because Biden and his administration have been quietly working behind the scenes. That's the stuff you don't hear about in the news. You hear about every time Biden stutters or misses a word or something that he said back in 1988. But you don't hear the stuff that him and his people are actually getting done. And this oh, is not yeah. me. This is not me trying to, you know, butt kiss Biden in any way whatsoever. It's just facts. Just dig around just a little bit. You'll find out. But all of the stuff that Trump and presidents like him, especially Trump. Considering the fact that he's such a quote unquote successful businessman, all this stuff he's spouting about if they had the ability to pay less taxes and somehow that would benefit you, yada, yada, yada. Never worked out. And a government that wants to dabble in fascism will continue to bail out corporations, not just tax breaks, but breaks in how kind of environmental controls that you uh, impose over companies, especially Mm -hmm. ones. That dealing industries that pollute and things like that, they'll cut them brakes. Oh, you don't have to have anything to control output. Oh, you don't have to always the same way. And yeah, boom, and here we are. Global warming.
0: <clears throat> um it, Before the nineteen nineties, I could be mistaken, but it rarely If it wasn't, it rarely happened. Um, and this is joint Republican and Democrat issue because it came through uh, the Congress which was controlled by Republicans at the time but Bill Clinton did sign this in the law and that was enabling corporations to pay CEOs in stock options. Mm. (laughs) Right? Now it took maybe that was 97, somewhere in that time frame. We'll just say that was it just because it makes for an even number. 20 years later though, the second half with the Trump corporation tax cut dropping the percentage from 35 to 21 percent, what did all of these corporations start doing with all of that extra money? They started doing stock buybacks because mm-hmm. stock buybacks are good for the country. Or I mean the company, not the country, the company. Well, when a CEO gets paid, and one of the things is based upon how well stocks are doing, when a company is doing stock buybacks, their stock prices, in fact, go up. hmm So that first thing ties into the second thing. It just sort of took 20 years because they needed the second part to really sort of expand that. And that's Mm -hmm. one of the things everyone's bitching about, you know, inflation, inflation, inflation. Yeah, inflation is at a 40-year high. I am not arguing with that. Corporate profits are at a 50-year high. Hello. And it's not like just a 5% over what the old high was. It's something like 8 or 10 times you know what the old high was and that's all tied in together and that's because corporate power is being protected
2: mm-hmm. indeed it is and closely tied to that is number nine labor power suppression in other words corporations stamping on their employees abilities to organize and form unions Let's yep take, for instance the recent story i believe it was last year or the year before about uh Amazon employees trying to form unions. Amazon Starbucks. was like, "Yeah." And they were like, nah. Look, huh? There are companies that actually have courses to their upper management and executives on how to dissuade their employees from forming unions. Not yeah. by, let's say, offering their employees good incentives and and uh reasonable pay uh reasonable, you know, sick time, vacation, things of that nature, but pretty much more like pressure and uh, veiled threats. That's how you stop them from organizing using as opposed to actually paying them a livable wage. Right. What but, do I know? <laughs> but wait,
0: there's more. Of course. In the words of Billy Mays, there is a case that is in front of the Supreme Court or actually, it's already gone up, so'll we'll, who knows when we're going to hear the results of what they they rule on this and basically, the point is that um a business or a corporation, if the employees go on strike, they will now be able to sue the union to receive compensation for the money they lost while the employees were on strike right now that you cannot do
3: that. Oh.
0: So if the corporate, we'll, we'll just say Starbucks. Mm-hmm. So if Starbucks employees are like, screw you, and they go on strike and it's a three day strike, you know, three days for Starbucks, you know, with a $10 coffee. <laughs> that, that's, you know, that's, that's, I don't, I'm somewhere probably between, you know, 25 and a hundred million dollars a day or some crap like that. So mm-hmm. all they then could now do is go and sue the union that formed when the people went on strike to collect those wages. Union's dead. Huh. There are maybe only three or four unions in the U.S. that could pay something like that, and that would even only be once. Sure. And that would kill unions in the U.S., completely kill a union.
2: Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, as stated by this uh Time article, there were 53% more union representative petitions filed in the fiscal year 2022 than the previous year, and that's a jump. Mm-hmm. Because, like as you mentioned, we've had companies like Amazon, Starbucks, Apple that has successfully fought to form unions and gotten—no, I won't say gotten away with it, because that makes it sound like doing something wrong. But they—they've they've been able to form and sustain them, uh, not without backlash, of course, because. That's what companies do. Heaven forbid, you know, one of their CEOs or some some C of something. Take yeah. A, small, a smaller bonus one year so that, you know, workers can get paid, oh, I don't know, 13 bucks an hour. It's right. going to bankrupt them. You know, break. Anyway, but just 6% of the private sector workforce belongs to unions today even though approval of labor unions in the United States is at 71%. The highest approval rate since 1965. Hmm. So there's something to unions. And again, it's not something that we're going to go into here or on this particular, we might my day But uh, for purposes of this particular episode, we'll just say that unions work. And it's in the companies, what they think is in their best interest, to keep employees from informing them.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I always find it funny that people that are so anti-union, though, don't ever have a problem using vacation days.
2: (laughs) Thanks to either Yoko unions
0: (laughs) or somebody's union. Or sick days or, you know, enjoying some, say, employer-provided health insurance. Which, by the way, that is just corporate socialism. I got news for you. That's just socialism at a micro level. (laughs) When you, when you have company, you know, employer provided healthcare, that is socialism.
2: You're going to make somebody pass out with that knowledge. Stop it. I know. Mm -hmm. But before you pass out, here's number 10. (laughs) Disdain for intellectual in the arts. This one really um, saddens me because I'm one of those creative types and I hate I hate hearing news about public schools losing funding for art and music classes and curriculum. I hate it. I hate it. No. There was there was a point that when the dumpster was still in office that him and his people were into their budget slashing and wanted to get rid of the national endowment for the arts. Yep. Can you imagine? Can you imagine a world with art arts and music? I cannot. Music is life. It's ridiculous. I know, <laughs> I
0: know. and then the next thing you know, you have this great album that's 50 years old, and everybody's mad that you went it woke. woke.
2: <laughs> that's but, exactly why we need to keep funding for music and the arts going, so you don't have idiots that have never heard of legendary <laughs> musicians like Pink Floyd. <laughs>
0: Yeah. That's but,
2: a perfect example why education is necessary, thank you.
0: I mean, what is one of the biggest one of the biggest sort of culture wars things that they have going on? That colleges and universities are evil. They're brainwashing your children. Your kids go and they'll be, you know, nice, wholesome, you know, perfect little awana going kids, and then they go to college and they come back and they have, you know, piercings, mohawks, tattoos and a weed problem. Oh, well, no one ever really has a weed problem. But um, (laughs) And they're radical, like thinking maybe somebody shouldn't have to declare bankruptcy because they were in a car wreck and had to stay in the ICU for a month.
2: They're dirty hippies and they need to get real jobs.
0: (laughs) But yeah, no, they are, uh, unless you're Jordan Peterson,
2: Mm,
0: their disdain for intellectuals is huge. Which, by the way, if you've ever listened to Jordan Peterson... He's not really as smart as people give him credit for when you listen to him. There's a the difference between being smart and being clever. I, I don't even know if he's clever. He's just, he was clever <laughs> enough to get his niche to make a bunch of money, but otherwise he's an idiot.
1: He's
2: clever in the way that, let's say, Pepe Lepew is clever. Pepe Le Pew was not a smart scum because he kept mistaking a cat for his, the love of his life. So he yeah. wasn't a smart scum. He was clever. He had a way with words. It's like yeah. that sometimes.
0: He was a horny skunk, though. Well, you know, hormone. <clears throat> right. What well, can you do? Let, let, let's move on to uh, number 11, because number Which 11 is, does sort of tie in with uh, 2 and mm-hmm. 6.
2: Which is obsession with crime and punishment. An interesting current topic around that is a recent Crime reform bill that DC passed just this month. It has conservatives screaming about, oh my God, they're going to let all the criminals out of jail. No. Okay. All, it's, all it's doing is, let's see, quote, M- is the goal is to modernize the law by defining elements of each crime, eliminating overlap between offenses, establishing proportionate penalties, and removing archaic or unconstitutional provisions which basically means we cleaned it up and this is this is the end result of a 16 year process that was heavy in research and reports yada 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 so you know
0: which is something we've talked about on this show that mm-hmm. needs to be done that a serious serious look and studies need to go into reforming laws and getting stuff off the books and changing stuff we've talked about that that's all dc did and they're just mm-hmm. you know just and screaming. then you- yeah, you hear all these Republicans. Crime has never been worse in the United States. Actually, that is not true. Yep. By a long shot. The worst time for crime in the U.S. was the 1980s.
2: <laughs> yep. So to have, as usual, Fox and Friends screaming about, oh, look, look what they've done now. Yeah, no, this is not what this is. I almost, I almost want to think that they scream about this being a bad thing because it sounds good. It's a good sound bite, you know, right. to, to, to whip the bass into a frenzy. But I also think it's just a reflection of something that they themselves might do. Just throwing some legislation out there without doing a, a full, thorough study. And maybe they want to believe that this, what this is, is that, that this is what that is when it's not because that's something they would do. That's how, when you think about it, that's how most people see other people in terms of what they would do not what the other person would do.
3: So they're we're projecting. Kind
2: of, yeah, it don't, that's what it smells like to me. Well, it can't be very good or it can't be very thorough. And it has to be half-assed because we would do something like that. <laughs> so they have to, too. And it's not the case. Yeah. You think you think they're just going to let hardened criminals out tomorrow to run the streets. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They, <laughs> they have years of research and thousands of pieces of paper this, 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 graphs, charts, tables, percentages, yada, yada, yada. And you think this was just a fly-by-night thing they just cobbled together. Really?
0: Yeah. Uh oh, Come on. You know, it's one of the things that is a uniquely American thing is the for-profit prison system. Oh, oh yeah. They don't have that in other countries. <laughs> now, to be fair, in some countries like Turkey, if your family doesn't bring you food, you ain't eating. Which... It's a different thing entirely, but having a for-profit prison system where states pay people or corporations to have prisoners seems a little off-putting to me. And then on top of it, how many people in this country are in jail because they had, you know, an ounce of marijuana?
2: Yeah. And that's but, exactly what not, not that specifically, but those, those kind of vagaries that this particular project sought to clean up. It's basically cleaning up shit. That's what they did. Yeah. And for it, to, for it to come out of the nation's capital, that should tell you something. Yeah. Maybe they're they're putting something down that other states could pick up and follow along and cleaning up their own books, so to speak.
0: Yeah. You hear prisons are overcrowded. Well, I don't know. Maybe if guys weren't in jail for 20 years because they had a freaking joint, hmm. maybe they wouldn't be overcrowded, and ha, ha ha I'm not exaggerating on that. <laughs> Being in jail for a joint. Um There are tons of people in this country that that is the case. And, mm-hmm. you know, you want to save some money in this country, I don't know. Have less people in prison. That's got to be cheaper.
2: That's That would be the first step, figure out why they're there. Should they be there as long as they're there? Maybe not. That's what this is speaking to. Give me a break. Yep. And finally, the 12th warning sign of fascism. is Rampant cronyism and corruption. Case in point, if I may. You may. Our friend Kevin McCarthy got some get back recently.
3: Yeah, he did.
2: Yeah, he did. He kicked two Democrats off of the House Intelligence Committee, claiming that they were hmm, pretty much bad. The integrity of this committee. That was his official reasoning. His unofficial reasoning was he didn't like the fact that those two men sat on the panel that uh, impeached Trump. That's what it boils down to. That's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it.
0: And then he's off. well, Pelosi kicked Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar off of their committees. First of all, they were. First of all, Gosar was threatening violence on an Uh under congress human mm-hmm. and marjorie taylor green is just batshit crazy and yes, she batshit. i want to say was threatening too uh, yes you're almost being too kind to trash in this case but <laughs> <laughs> it's just payback yeah that's all it is it's just cronyism he's just well i'm just going to show you
2: but no he's officially they were they were displaying behavior unbecoming to the committee tasked with overseeing the nation's intelligence services. Yep. full of shit, Mr. McCarthy. And I need you to know that. No one believes you now. Okay? Nobody believes you.
3: Yeah, but... We
2: saw what happened the first week that the House was supposed to be in session. We saw that. Everybody saw that. No one believes you.
0: And they were also both on the J6 committee. Yeah. So, hmm, huh, I wonder why. And then of mm. course with the uh, uh, representative Omar, that's just because she's Muslim. Uh, there's, there's no other reason that she got kicked off her committee other than she is.
2: Muslim. Meanwhile, meanwhile, speaking of committee, meanwhile, our new podcast jester, George Santos, mm-hmm. has been awarded two seats on low-level committees.
3: Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: yeah. He he wanted seats on the big ones. They were like, nah. But they went ahead and said, yeah, you can go ahead and be on these committees, which are the Committee on Small Business and the Committee on Science, Space, and Technology. What does he know about any of that? It doesn't matter.
0: Right, right. (laughs) Well, they had to put Santos on, because most people don't know this, when um, the current system of the U.S. government uh, was first put into effect and Congress first met, it was his idea to have committees huh. in Congress. That was George Santos's idea back in 1791. Most okay. people don't know that about him. Yeah. 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 And the other so, thing about him, he invented the question mark.
2: So I guess the other thing that we're just now finding out is that he's a vampire.
0: I mean, Herschel Walker would have to kill him because he likes werewolves. It's a good thing Walker didn't get arrested because there would have been like a fight in the middle of the Capitol.
2: Isn't that something? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, that's just crazy. Yeah.
2: yeah. Unintended consequences. I love it. But yeah, if we have not been convinced with the disastrous air of Trump about corruption, I don't know what will convince anyone. Right. I really don't. I don't. I don't know what else you would call that. It's just. Yeah. Like if I ever, if I was dumb enough to take a position at the White House or anywhere, anywhere on Capitol Hill during that time, I would come home every night and scald myself in the shower. Just, i just dirty, just dirty, just dirty. It had to be the dirtiest place in the country at yeah. that yep, time. For
0: sure, for sure.
2: But, friend, listening friends, if you see any of this, if if you see any of these twelve things happening, you'll know you're toddling on the brink of becoming a fastest nation. Stay yeah. woke. Stay woke. Definitely mm-hmm.
0: stay woke. Um, real quick I'd like to add, um, because we were talking about um the attack of like Amazon and Starbucks on unions. Mm-hmm. There is, I believe it is a four episode podcast that you can go and find called MegaCorp. And it is basically about Amazon crushing uh, attempts to unionize at various mm-hmm. Amazon places. I for maybe five uh, episodes long, each one's about an hour. It's not a super massive commitment, but it goes into amazing detail on Amazon um, trying to kill uh, unionization
2: mm,
3: in
0: their warehouses. Okay. I just wanted to uh, throw that out there before we uh, since, closed quick, off. Since you,
2: since you plugged that, I'll plug another one on Hulu. Uh, the Lincoln Project, named after, yes, the Lincoln Project the group of everyday heroes whose sole goal was to take down Trump. I think it's a three or four part series mm-hmm. that goes pretty yeah. in depth as far as how the Lincoln project was created and the people working on it. And then eventually, unfortunately how they all fell out. But it is very interesting. Docu series. So check that out. too.
0: Yep. Yep. And uh, just one last thing on George Santos, when he does finally, get removed from Congress because it's probably going to happen. <laughs> um, look, I can't stand that guy. But I'm going to be honest with you. If Burger King does not offer him a job as a spokesman, I'm going to be a little sad. Are you? Yeah, because if ever there was anybody that deserves to get people to go and buy the Whopper, it is George Santos.
2: <laughs> with that, friends, stay woke.
0: <laughs> For show. Sure. Keep those eyes open, guys. But no, Uh, seriously, (laughs) these were just off the top, you know, yeah, we went and looked up some news stories about this stuff. But I mean, it was, you know, for both of us, not even probably 15 minutes worth of just Googling to find all of this. Now that you've sort of seen this, you're going to see it all the time. (laughs) You're going to be like, oh, crap, oh, crap, oh, crap.
3: Mm-hmm. So,
0: um, that's why local elections matter because a lot of this stuff is being done at the local level Most and, definitely. um, you need to, need to make sure you get out and vote. If somebody you see is running for office or they're in the incumbent and you realize, you know, they hit these 12 things, you may want to go volunteer for the person running against them. And if they're running unopposed and you have the means to do it because running for office is something that obviously does require a, a bit of capital to do. Um, But if you could challenge somebody, do it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep. And if if nothing else, find out when your open city council meetings are happening. Go and, and, and hang out there. See what they're talking about. Yep. If nothing else, that's a good way for you to learn. What the people in your city are talking about, and what your city officials are concerned about, because it's not always the same thing.
0: Yep, take your two minutes of time to get up and go and talk. Call them out Mm -hmm. on it. Yep, they don't like to be called out on stuff.
2: They do not. And that, my friends, is all the news that's print fit. Ew! All the news (laughs) that's print to fit. All the news that's fit to speak about. Y'all see why I never really went into broadcasting for real. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Anyway, we'll uh, catch you guys on the next one. Bye. Bye.
1: As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website MyPage.com slash dash jack dash save dash the dash world. On Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W. On Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others. If you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash time. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper-Focused Podcasts.